Hello and welcome to the latest from Hearts Standard. My name is Joel Skett and I am joined by James Kearney as we look ahead to Heart of Midlothian returning to Premiership business as they host Motherwell at Tynecastle Park on Saturday afternoon, as well as previewing the game against the Steelmen. We'll be also looking at some of the some of the news and reports in the last couple of days, everything from Craig Halkett update that Stephen Naismith gave today around how the scan that he received on his knee to reports that Kiyosuke Tagawa has been watched by teams in Portugal and Japan, and also a bit about Greenock Morton tie that's been moved to the Monday night, and also VAR, uh, our favourite subject. But I try to avoid it, but I think it's worth bringing that up just because in the latest independent panel, it found that there was four mistakes involving Hearts, three of which went against Stephen Nason's men. So, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that at the end and just... Um, Pan the Scottish referee establishment to uh, do that. But no, we will start off with the preview of the Motherwell game. Where to start? We'll come on to talk about the come on to talk about Motherwell and what the, the kind of threat they pose. I've watched them a couple of times recently. But let's start with the, the lineup. Just been reading your predicted lineup, James. Similar to mine, couple of a uh, couple of disagreements uh, uh, in a couple of positions, but I think we're both in agreement that the fourth 4-3-3 is going to be the, the kind of go-to formation, certainly um, for the time being. I, I would think so, yeah, just because of the way the team are playing at the moment. Um, it's difficult to see why you would change that. You know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's certainly not broke at the moment. That things are going really well. Um, I, I guess my concern was always going to be that when you move away from the back three, that maybe the, the goals start, you know, defence isn't quite as solid. Maybe it's hard to concede a bit more. And I think that has been happening, to be fair. But I think when you then the flip side of it, you look at how much more effective hearts have been getting forward this season uh, <clears throat> with the back four. It makes a lot of sense just because we know that's been one of the big areas, big areas of concern among supporters this season has been getting forward, actually attacking and making the most of your opportunities, finding ways to get past well-drilled opposition. And we've started to see that over the last few weeks. I, I don't think we're likely to see any change from that. Um, so I, I think that, yeah, I'd imagine it's probably going to be the back four. But, I mean, as I'm sure we're about to talk about, it does mean that you're going to end up dropping one defender, at least, who's in very good form. You can't get around it. You know, there's there's only so many... We kind of touched on this the other day, in the other day's episode. Um, but you know, there's only four spots going. Um, in particular, you look at centre half and left back. There's only a handful of players. You know, someone, someone very good is going to miss out. It's going to be harsh on them. Yeah, I think that you're, you're looking at it and Halkett's Halkett's injury, which we'll come on to talk about, makes Naismith's life a wee bit easier in terms of picking the starting eleven. But yeah, like you said, the big one. I think I think we can all we, we, Frankie Kent will start. He has started every single game this season except from the game against the Adronians. And the only other game he did not complete the full 90 minutes, which uh, I hadn't realised was the Partick Thistle game. I thought he played every single minute of the season so far up until Sunday, but that wasn't the case. He played 75 minutes against Thistle in the League Cup. He'll come back and he's the, I think he's the kind of star of the, the back line, the leader of the back line. And then it's building around there because... You can make an argument for a number of positions, but I think I think it's safe to say that Alex Cochran is, I think, another cert you would imagine for the left back position. Again, he's, he's the best left back in the club. The only way I can't see him starting a left back if, for some reason, Naismith started them in the centre of the pitch, which 
wouldn't be a eh, well, would be a slight surprise just because the options in there, but we know he can we can play there. But those are the two, and then it's a case of either Rills or Kingsley or Atkinson or Lembakisa at right back and the left centre back. Uh, exactly, exactly. So I, I think so. I had Cochrane down at left back. To be honest, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point in the next run of games. Cochrane is rested and entirely, and just just to give him a rest because he has played an awful lot of football. You know, well, you, you, know, you have to, yeah, you, well, you have to do it against Motherwell because next up is Rangers, then Hibs, then Celtic. So if you're going to give him a rest, then uh, if Motherwell was the game to do it. Aye, so yeah, it might, it might well be in, but okay, I'm kind of doubting my own predicted lineup now. But <laughs> I'll stick with Cochrane just because he has been brilliant. He's been in such fantastic form at the moment. Um, he's, I think, even when Kingsley left, I, I don't think. He, Gives you quite as much going forward as much as Cochrane does, and then of course Cochrane's he's got the uh, bonus of his set piece deliveries as well, which are which are pretty good. So, uh, obviously Kingsley's good for the direct free kicks, but Cochrane's been hitting corners and stuff like that, and they've been pretty decent. So I'd expect him to start. So then, like you say, you're kind of stuck between: is it going to be you've got one, one gap at centre half and one gap at right back, and you've got four excellent players to fill them? I think the Aussies will probably come back in for this one. I think we'll see Rose and Atkinson get the nod. Obviously, they both came on against Airdrie uh, the weekend there. Rose was a first half substitute to replace Halkett and then Atkinson came on during the second half for them, Bikisa, didn't he? So I think that I think it'll just be a case of obviously they've been away and they've been playing and they've been training but I think it's just important to get them back into the group and get some more minutes back within the team um, just to kind of you know, help that kind of bring back that cohesion to it and again just kind of get their minutes in, minutes up as well. So I, I think we'll probably see the Aussies come back for this one but I know you feel differently about that, don't you? Yeah, I, I just think I was I was swithering about Lembekisa and Atkinson the most probably, but I think Lembekisa will start just because I just think he's more attacking. He's adds more pace to the team and you're going to have a lot of the ball. So I think you see maybe Atkinson coming against Rangers at Ibrox next week, whereas I think Lembekisa, this is a game that probably suits him a bit more. I know he was a bit erratic against Airdrie, but I think you can get his qualities are more suited to playing against Motherwell than going to Ibrox, for example, yeah. I, I feel. So that's why I've went for Lembekisa. As for the, the other centre-back, I just think Stephen Kingsley and Frankie Kent have built up a really good partnership as a, as a pairing. Kent and Rills had, did that, had, had done that, sorry, Rebels had his moments in a back four. I do think with the with the team now, the confidence both for him uh, individually and collectively, I think he's he was um, fit back into a back four with, without any problems. Even if I do think he's more suited to playing in a back three, but I do, I think I think he'll stick with uh, stick with King, Kingsley at four just now, just because how well and how consistent Kingsley's been. He's excellent in the in the air as well. Moving forward, I think we agreed everything, kind of midfield three off Benny, Callum Newhoff and Scott Fraser, who would come in for, for George Grant. I think we both mentioned that between now and the end of the season, I think it's going to be a case of maybe not one starts one week and other starts the next week, but there's going to be a case where Fraser and Grant will interchange. Yeah, absolutely. I think it'll be similar to the first half of the season with the way we saw Lowry and Grant swapped around mm. uh, often from game to game. Sometimes they get a couple of games, but you know, it wasn't as if one of them was getting five, six, seven starts in a row and then the other guy was just trying, trying to take his chance. So I think that's probably what it will be again. Um, like I say, I was kind of swithering on this one. I wasn't entirely sure, but I went for Fraser just because, again, I think Naismith will be really keen to get minutes in him. Obviously, at Charlton, he didn't get as much football or as much game time as he would have liked. 
And of course, he got an assist as well uh, for Shankland in the for the fourth goal against Airdrie. So I think a, a first a first starting league could be well would be a a fair and just reward um, for his output that day. So I think we'll probably see Fraser come back into the squad again. I doubt whether it's Fraser or Grant. I doubt either will play the full ninety. I think that again, just because Fraser needs minutes, Fraser needs minutes. Things like so. I think even if Grant does start. You might end up seeing great Fraser come on for the last half hour or so, or something like that, or you know, vice versa. So I think we're like to see that Nuenhoff, um, of basing his form over the last few weeks, you have to have him in. I think he's been absolutely excellent so far, and Beningame as well seems like pretty nailed on. Um, so yeah, I think there's the only real room for doubt there's probably between Grant or Fraser. Obviously, they're quite like for like, but I, I would suspect Fraser probably getting an odd for this one. Um, and then obviously looking ahead to the attack and. I mean, at this point, it does it picks itself, right? I mean, that that front three, like, who, who, like there's surely only three options there at present. So, I mean, I, I kind of wrote about this in my predicted eleven, uh, predicted lineup. Hmm. This piece that's gone up uh, on the site, and Naismith has always looked to change at least one player in his in his front three or the attacking uh, the attacking um, attacking final third. However. It's something he said about Alan Forrest a couple of weeks kind of stuck with me was he goes, it's almost like you have to balance it and knowing when guys are in a really good moment and you just go, you play them and they play through the fatigue and because of their, because of the confidence, it kind of overrides the fatigue and mm. they, they make these good decisions in the final third, they beat their man. And I just think all three of Forrest, Forrest Vargas and Shankland are in a really good, uh, uh, good moment. Vargas would probably be the one most likely to come out because he got taken off a half time against Sergio Gunas. I think there was, might be a, a groin complaint, but he trained. He's trained this week, or certainly trained today. And Oda, of course, is the other one, uh, the other possible uh, option, having missed the game against Sergio Gunas due to uh, a, a concussion, which also <laughs> which Kiyosuke Tagawa has. So he'll miss the game tomorrow. It won't be in the squad. The and then you look, actually look at the. The other the other options there's not many in the way of final third options i think you've really only got oda aside from those front fees so yeah I, I think those three pick themselves and i would be very surprised if they don't, don't ah, exactly so i mean you look at it it's like yeah obviously boyce injured tagawa injured mckay injured, injured. yeah there's not like there's not much room like maybe you could push scott fraser out to the left wing at a push but you know he's not a pacey player but then again, it's probably not really a game where pace is going to be all that important. So maybe we do see that. But yeah, I, I would imagine, I think based on for current form, you've got to play those three. Um, I've just noticed as well that we, we missed out a position at the back. Are, are we both going for Xander Clark and goals? Yeah, I mean, just, yeah I've, I've, I've been excited. Yeah, it's just going to be Clark Clark for the league, Gordon for the cup. Is that what we're thinking? Uh, currently, that's what, that's, that's, that's what I assume. Just with just going by the evidence of the last month or so, I think it's it's pretty it's pretty clear that Clark is uh, certainly the, the the number one goalkeeper, the regular league goalkeeper. So yeah, that's I think that's how we see Hearts lining up in terms of what we what we expect. I think it's I, similar to similar to St Johnston, where it's been like kind of almost like three different games against St Johnston this season, just because of circumstance. And I think it's the case against the. A case against Motherwell this this season because you look back at the the first meeting that's when Motherwell were really really good and they looked like they were they were really thriving under Kettlewell and then you get to the the way game where Hearts are in a bit of uh, difficulty and it's talk of must win game Hearts put one of the best uh, best performances up until that point of the season 
And now this uh, now you get to the point where Motherwell are a really curious team. So we all know how well Hearts have been doing. Motherwell are a really curious team. I mean, they've only lost two of their last eleven, but they've had loads of draws. Within that, they've been they've lost to Martin in the cup, and then I watched them against Aberdeen midweek where they got. They were three and a half after I think twenty five minutes or within yeah, about, yeah before Aberdeen made the double change and they ended up losing losing three goals and drawing three three they've got I think they've got some good talent in their, their side but the mentality of Motherwell when they, as soon as they lost that first goal you just knew they were not getting away with three points at Petardry which is never a great situation to be in as a, a team collective there's a lot of jitters. Liam Kelly has, um, I think, has had a difficult moment this season. Don't think he was all that great last season. Their big one, however, is the biggest transformation is Theo Bayer, who is, I think, he's a he's a third goal scorer in the league now. Just kind of out of nowhere, uh, score goals and good movement. I think he's they're playing to his strengths a bit more. They play in a three-five-two, so I do think they're they will cause problems in in the final third. But equally. Their defence, individually and collectively, is not the best. Yeah, that that's the thing that really stood out to me. So I, I I didn't watch the game on Wednesday, but I just watched the highlights earlier today before coming on, and I, I, so that was the thing that really struck me for Aberdeen's goals. It was like the, the some of the defending from Motherwell was really poor, um, just like really basic things like you know somebody's driving into the box, just nobody really putting pressure on them or not really sticking a foot in or making challenges. So I think they're. To think defensively, they're maybe a wee bit passive. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I thought they were kind of sitting off Aberdeen a bit, and like you say, kind of inviting pressure, um, inviting chances. And I, th- I think when you look through the goals that they did concede, none of them were particularly <laughs> make for particularly great viewing for a mother from a motherwell perspective. So I think that from that from that from that side of things, yeah, like defensively, they've definitely been a bit ropey. But the upside of that, of course, is that at the other end of the park, they've got Theo Bear, who's I know this is a harsh podcast, but if we look, at, if we're looking at just the last six games, he's probably he's arguably the most informed striker in the league, I think, because he's got eight goals in six games, which is pretty remarkable. He's certainly in the conversation anyway, you know. So, I mean, yeah, and also just compared to the player that we saw at St. Johnson last season, don't know where that came from at all. It's great yeah. to see him on, good for him, but yeah, wild. So he's obviously a big goal threat. Blair Spittle as well, having an excellent season. He's another player I've seen a lot of. Obviously, is a is a far apart Thistle player. I've seen a lot of them. He's always had that prowess from set pieces. He's always he's dangerous from distance as well. I mean, that goal he scored against was at County. Um, you know, goal of the season contender from about what thirty odd yards out, just curled it straight into the top corner. So I think it's going to be really important for the likes of you know uh, Benny, for instance, at number six, having to make sure he's closing down the likes of Spittle if he does get the ball like thirty yards out because he will have a pop. And as as you look at his highlights from this season, they'll show, they'll tell you that if he has a pop, it's a decent chance it might go in. So. He's one. He's one of the great kind of like long distance shooters in the league. So I think mm. he's a player that has to be stifled. I think that's really important. Um, so I think yeah, it, it will. It does all kind of point to a really interesting game because, like you say, it's different to you know the game at Far Park. It's and you'd like to hope it's very different to the game at, at Tynecastle or earlier in the season where right now hearts are flying. Motherwell, like you say, they've they've not quite turned a corner, uh, but you know the obviously results have improved. And like you said, and then they're getting goals as well, which is the really big thing. So, yeah, it's it's going to be tricky. Um, it's it's really one of those ones where it might sound daft because obviously all goals are important, but I really do feel that like if Hearts can get an early goal, 
and just yeah, I think from that, I think if basically if Hearts go ahead, I don't think they, I think they'll, they'll see it out. I think they'll get the win, but it's only if you know if Motherwell can get ahead, we know that they can make make life really difficult for you. We know what uh, what they play like and how Kettlewell will set up his team. So I, think I would. That, Oh. I, I would, I would, I would actually say so. Yeah, I think I, I agree with the first point, and it's something that Ben says and uh, Ben Odlin in the uh, YouTube uh, comments is that if we take the lead all three points, because Muller have like limited game plans, and also on the flip side, where I think if Muller did take, if Muller took the lead, I wouldn't be as stressed out as it was earlier on in the season. We've seen Hearts come back from losing positions recently, and there shouldn't yeah. be panic set in. But also makes a really good point in that. I felt this as well that Motherwell, when they went three up against uh, against Aberdeen on Wednesday, as Ben says, they seemed to have a "what do we do now" attitude, and it's compared it to our performance against uh, Aberdeen at Tordry earlier in the season, and that's what I felt. I felt it was almost like Aberdeen were waiting to go three 0 down before reacting, and then mm. the flip side, it was almost as if. Mullerwell were waiting for Aberdeen to get it back to 3-3 before reacting and going, okay, we need to at least get a result out of this. So, yeah, it, it was curious. And you look at some of the, the, the stats and Craig, uh, Craig 2702's put them in, the comments that Motherwell have scored more goals in Hearts this season in the league, but on the flip side, they've conceded 17 more. So that's where I think there's there should be encouragement that if we do go behind, it's not the end of the world. However, like you said, if Hearts can get an early goal, I think you're looking at a really could be a really confident and enjoyable afternoon at Dencastle. You you would hope so, <clears throat> but then <clears throat> that's why I, I kind of look at this one and go like, oh, it seems everything seems to be pointing towards a Hearts win. <laughs> so sure, it's going to end up like you know one 0 Motherwell or something, right? Because that's the way things go, and everyone's like, oh yeah, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. So no, I, I think it will be uh, <clears throat> it'll be a fun game, and I'm looking forward to it. Um, as I say, I, yeah, I do think if Hearts can just get that area going, settle things down, <clears throat> it could, like you say, it could make for a very enjoyable afternoon. But I think that, um, <clears throat> yeah, I just think that, I think that even though the mother did chuck that three goal lead in spectacular fashion at Aberdeen the other night, I just think I still think that they've got something about them. They've kind of got a kind of a bit of fight and grit about them, and that always kind of worries me if I'm the home team and I'm expected to win. I don't really want to play in teams like that. Whereas if you know if they get an early goal and they are doing what they're meant to be doing for the afternoon, then they can make life difficult for you, as we saw back in, in was it September? August, yeah, I think so. Right to the start of the season anyway. So we, we know on their day what they can do because they, they were worthy winners that day as well against um back then. So we shall see. We shall see. Uh, yeah, as Craig says in the in the chat. James, don't jinx it. Uh, I'll talk about it. <laughs> and the Hearts are due a really dominant performance where we win by 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 four goals. I think it's 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 coming. I think over the last few weeks we've seen a bit more of that attacking impetus. And another question in the chat was Danny Al asking, can Andy Halliday start? No, because he is on loan. So he can't play at all because he is on loan at Motherwell and he'll only be a permanent in the summer. So before we move on, score predictions, James. What have you got for me? Uh, I'll go. I'll go for a two 0 I think. <laughs> all, all that chat. All that chat. All that chat no, yeah. Like, yeah, that's my head says two 0 But that's you know, that's often when things get here. Even I start thinking too much about it. So yeah, I'll, I'll stick with two 0 and that's it. I'm going to go for three one hearts. I think it'll be uh, both teams score and an enjoyable, uh, enjoyable. 
game encounter afternoon at Tynecastle. So we'll move on to chat to uh, different things that have been happening. So we've got we'll, we'll talk about Craig Halkett because good news is that the scan he went for a scan on his knee uh, after I believe after uh, being taken off at half, uh, midway through the first half against Airdrieonians and you kind of feared the worst just because this was a player who's been out for a long time and came back and picked up. Uh, you're kind of just concerned just with because he went down and then signaled straight away to the bench. you just kind of worried about what their prognosis was. However, Stephen Naismith's told Hearts TV, initial reports back off the scan are good. This is part and parcel of having a long-term injury and coming back and getting a niggle. You're asking your body to come from one extreme of doing nothing after an operation to getting back to an elite, elite level. It happens. And probably the most encouraging thing he said was, between now and the end of the season, it's about getting minutes for Craig and uh, get him on the training pitch consistently, which s- suggests to me that it's not anywhere near a long-term injury. It'll just be kind of the short term before he's back. And then it won't be because we've got options there, like we talked about in defence. There's not that need for him to play every single week or start every single week. Exactly. That's it. You know, Naismith is definitely a position where he can manage his game time without weakening the size in any mm-hmm. way or, you know, by having to chuck in maybe somebody from the B team who's not quite ready or whatever it is. You know, like you said, there's plenty of options there, so that's fine. Um, yeah, certainly we still need to see, I think, because I'm, I'm, I'm not 100% sure the way this whole process works, but I think that now he's got the scan results. I think the way it works is he then goes along to a specialist and then the specialist says, all right, here's what we're doing to, to fix it. You know, right. here's, here's a prognosis. So there's there's still that bit to come, so we don't know yet. Anyway, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> tell you what, what the plan is. But what I would say is that certainly today at Orium, we, we saw Halkett, he was walking around, he wasn't on crutches or in a moon boot or anything like that. Yep. He was smiling, he looked happy. So I would assume that it's nothing too serious. I think, I think again, like, well, we can never say until you actually get the final diagnosis and all that kind of stuff. But for now, it's certainly, everything would seem to suggest it's nothing to be worried about, which is good. And like you say, I mean, <clears throat> I need to watch what I can say because I know obviously some of this stuff's embargoed, so I'm <laughs> not breaking any embargoes here. But um, certainly, like you say, the plan seems to be the focus for Naismith from between now and the end of the season for Halkett seems to be on just getting minutes, staying fit, and then making sure he's heading into pre-season in, in good, good shape so that by the time the next season starts around, he's really back at 100% full fitness. Yeah, he said he said that on he said similar on Hearts TV in that there's an understanding. I think he said uh, using there's an understanding at the club that from everybody that you won't see the best of Craig Halkett until next season after uh, a full preseason. Hopefully, after getting minutes this season. So yeah, that's encouraging. We'll move on to quickly talk about Kiyosuke Tagawa. We've talked about him quite a bit uh, recently, so we won't, won't spend too long on him, but just uh, even news reported earlier on in the week that he's been watched by clubs in Portugal and Japan. Now, he's played in both countries and the Japanese transfer market, just because of the way their season works, I think it's open until sometime in March, potentially. It's towards the end of March, yeah. Towards the end of March. Now, he won't be playing, he won't be available at the weekend because he picked up, uh, well, he sustained concussion or a bang to the head this week, so they have to go through the concussion protocol. Protocol. The Well, all signs point to maybe a parting of ways at the end of the season. Uh, firstly, I, I should say, when we did the podcast during the week, I was talking about um, Tagawa on a four-year deal. Like he actually, um, for some reason, I had in my head that he signed a four-year deal. It's only a three-year deal. So uh, I, I, I had to d- double-check that, and it was, yeah. 
a three-year deal. So that, that was me that got that wrong. But the suggest, like, just reading between the lines, look, it could be a part of the ways. However, I would be reluctant to let him leave to go to Japan before that, uh, between now and that March deadline, just because of how limited our options are in the final third, like we've spoken about, because of Boyce and Mackay's injury. And I think maybe it relies on how well Boyce comes back um, from his injury. That, that, that's definitely a factor. Uh, I mean, another factor as well is probably how James Wilson gets on um, yeah. as well, I would imagine. But certainly right now, we know that Boyce is still a wee while away. When, and his injury record this season would suggest you can't rely, really rely on him. And last season. And yet in order to be to be available and be available for selection. So I do think that Tagawa, I'd be, I'd be very surprised if he left uh, over the next month or so before the Japanese window shuts, just purely on the basis of bodies. You know, Hearts don't have a lot of them at the moment, uh, particularly up front. We just spoke about that, the fact that with Boyce and Tagawa injured, you've only really got Shankland and that's it. And again, think yeah. of Shankland, heaven forbid, you know, picked up an injury, you'd be left with it'd probably be, be Vargas. And like, don't worry, Vargas is a good player, he's having a decent, he's doing well recently, but it's a lot to ask of a guy to, who's, you know, just he's not long in the door, coming from another side of the world, you know, still trying to adapt. And now it's going, okay, now you you have to be the primary source of goals in this team, you it needs to go through you. That's a lot to ask of a guy. So I think that, yeah, I, I would be very surprised if Tagawa left just because. Of Boyce's and between Boyce's injury records and just the, the kind of makeup of the squad, there's not that many players that can play there. The only exception I could see would be if someone like, for instance, like Wilson kicks on in the academy, maybe makes a name for himself to the point where um, Naismith goes, Actually, if it's between Tagawa or Wilson, I'm going to play Wilson. Like, you know, we obviously we saw him come on, it was a Spartans game he came on, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, in fact, replaced Tagawa. So he has got, you know, Naismith clearly feels he is on the cusp of first team football. But again, it's that thing of, well, if if Shankin gets injured, what are you going to you're going to chuck chuck an eighteen year old up top? You need to be like, all right, good luck. Younger, sixteen. Sixteen, jeez. Oh. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, you know, it's like it's a, it's an awful, awful lot to ask. So I, I would imagine that Tagawa, um, for for all his faults at present, I think he will be sticking around for the time being. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And Naysmith kind of spoke about it on uh, the broadcast presser, which was on Hearts TV, and he said that he's. He's not heard anything regarding uh, any transfer uh, transfer news, but yeah, it was still worthwhile talking about. James, we'll move on to the Scottish Cup. Morton, Monday night, seven forty-five kickoff. Not ideal, is it? No, no, it's not. Because um, I was thinking about it. So, I mean, if you're coming from Edinburgh, you'll need to get a train to Glasgow and a train from if you're getting public transport, for instance, for that. So that's not going to be great. Um, oh, it's, it's a long way. It's a fun ground to go to, though. At least, at least it's quite you know it's got the crane in the background and all that. It's got the whole bit behind the goal, one of the goals. That's good fun. Um, what one thing? Oh, they're quite PSA for Hearts fans. Um, I don't know the last time you guys were at Caplow. Well, it's probably been a few years, mind, but just bear in mind, there's no cash machine nearby. <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> there's no cash machine nearby, and everything nearby. There's only one pub nearby. It takes cash only. If you're going, make sure you lift some cash before you go, because otherwise you're going to be absolutely. I've been stranded myself once or twice. Um, it's like Cavalo thinking like oh, we have about half an hour or so to wait in the train thinking ah oh, I'll just go for a pint no you won't <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that, that, that's my PSA but um, yeah obviously it's it's not ideal I mean you know I don't think any Scottish Cup quarter final should be on on a Monday night no. to be honest um, absolutely like just as a point of principle I think part of the reasons um, 
like with the Six Nations being on, that that plays its part in it as well. And obviously we've got the other games as well. But yeah, I mean, you'd, you'd much prefer to see this played on, you know, either on Saturday or Sunday or failing that, even the Friday night would be a, would be a bit better. But Monday night, you know, people have got work in the morning, they've got stuff to do, they've got kids to look after. It's 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 not, and then like you say, it's a, it's a long journey to make. So yeah, it, if I was a, yeah, I'd be disappointed that that's when it's going ahead. But there's not much you can do about it, is there? Apart from whinge, just have a wee whinge. Yeah, oh, I, I would absolutely whinge, whinge, whinge my face off. Uh, that, I, yeah, I, I completely agree with you that there, it shouldn't a quarter, Scottish Cup quarter final should not be played on uh, on a, on a Monday night, especially just like it just it completely. It's just another way to annoy annoy fans. We're going to obviously talk a wee bit about VAR, but it's just it's not it's just not fan friendly at all. And I think Friday night you can get away with because it lends itself more to someone taking a half day. Uh, you've got the Saturday off the next day, so it's not it, it, it's not as a stressful or pressing a situation where you're going, okay, I need to get a, a train to Glasgow and then train to, uh, to, to, to Greenock and go to get back, back late. But it's fine, Friday night, you make a night of it, you make a day of it. Monday, you can't really do that. You work on the Tuesday or like if you have to do that, you're, you're essentially taking uh, potentially one and a half days off work to uh, to do that. So yeah, it's 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 frustrating. That's got. I thought it, I assumed that it was going to be a, a Friday night. You've more obviously play on the uh, playing on the Tuesday, but Tuesday Friday is absolutely there's there's no reason why like that's that's just like playing Thursday Sunday for example uh, when yeah. you're when you're in Europe or Wednesday Saturday. So it's not on. Uh, it's not. Uh, situation which you think oh that's why that's why it really should be moved to the Monday and then any time the Six Nations and uh, uh, Scottish football are, are bending over backwards to accommodate Six Nations that's that's when you should just uh, is that the, the game's gone uh, in that instance so yeah it's, it's really frustrating and you look at there's Viaplay have got the double header on this the Sunday I know Scotland are playing Italy on the on the on the Saturday. Whether you could have a Saturday evening kickoff or just a, just a Friday, Friday evening kickoff, it's just it, yeah, it's so very very frustrating. Also, we will be there uh, for work, so you're not less likely like making a day of it the way that away fans did. But if I was a, an away fan, I know a few of my mates were going that they're like an absolute still going, but it's just an absolute ball ache to to get there. So yeah, I, it's just particularly the game being on telly as well. That's yeah. telly on a Monday night, you know, difficult place to go to instead of just actually getting there, like traveling. That's quite that's quite a few incentives for, you know, I, I don't exactly. think if, if anyone decided to oh, actually I'm not gonna bother, I'm just gonna sit stay in tonight and watch on the telly, I don't think you'd hold that against them. Yeah, I know that I think the only the, I think Hearts will still sell at their allocation because I think yeah. when they played Mullerwell in the previous round, which was a Friday evening game at Capolo, they Morton put out a big kind of a statement explanation why the capacity was reduced just because of TV because of segregation. So there will be I still think with the with the tickets Hearts will get they'll sell out with no problem because you you asked about when the last time. Hearts played Morton, played them twice in the championship season, but that was behind closed doors. So the last time Hearts fans were able to go to Capital for a competitive um, fixture was 1987. So it's a ground that a lot of fans will be looking at and thinking, I can tick that off. So yeah. I think that will still maybe, for example, if it was, I don't know, you're um, playing away to... 
who Hearts played to, like I, I, like Inverness on a on a Monday night. There's it, it's so much easier for fans to go. You know what? I've been there, been there before. Whereas mm. Capo, at least you're like, ah, well, it's 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 a new ground. Um, not been there for a while, so I still think Hearts will sell out no problem. But again, it's people will be doing it with a bit of hesitation, a bit of reluctance, mm. which uh, should shouldn't be the case. What, what I will say though is to anyone who is on the fence, who is dithering, who is not sure. I will say that they, they're, you can get an absolutely fantastic doner kebab pie at Capolo. Oh. So I would, you know, if, if, anyone, if anyone's unsure, if anyone's going, oh, which way to go, I, you know, that, that, there's a wee bit of advice for you. Hopefully that shoves you over the edge and gets you along. Yeah, exactly. You can compare it to the the, the kebab, uh, kebab pies at Tynecastle, which are excellent uh, mm. also. We'll finish off with, well, actually, we won't finish off here, but I've got one wee bit of announcement at, after this, but VAR they was released I think it was yesterday the SFA released the findings off there for the independent VAR panel or whatever it's yep. called around the latest round of fixtures so in the first round of fixtures they found that there were they, the panel deemed that there was three mistakes in the latest round there was 13, 13 mistakes now four of them involving hearts conveniently I know that this sounds very, very convenient that the one that was in favour of Hearts. I can't even remember it. Benny's tackle against uh, against Aberdeen, where he should have been mm. sent off. I can't really remember it, but I can I certainly vividly remember the other three, which went against Hearts, which were the Liam Boyce penalty or non-penalty at Motherwell, the Alan Forrest booking at home to Ross County for an apparent dive, and then the last one was. What was, yeah, it was Oda at Rugby Park? Of course, yeah. Sorry, Will Dennis is uh, well challenged on Oda. So yeah, the I, I wasn't surprised to to see these three um, brought up as 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 mistakes. And I think probably the most galling aspect of it was just Crawford Allen coming out after. I don't know if you've seen the clip on BBC mm. where he's talking about how um, like the the accuracy and it's gone from. Referee's decisions, I think it was 89%, and then it's brought up to, I think it was maybe 97% he, he, he quoted. I just think, so yeah, 8%, like an 8% increase, but you just wonder, with the mistakes that are still happening, plus the inconvenience it has on games, and like I was watching the Motherwell Aberdeen game of the weekend, eh, sorry, midweek, and the amount of stoppages between the goals as they check the goals, it's just, it's just it just feels like it's getting worse rather than better. And that's always, I thought, always going to be the case that people say, oh, I just need need time to bed in or get used to it. But there's been having problems in the biggest leagues around the world where they have more cameras and more professional referees. But, and I just don't understand how we thought we were going to get it right and it was, it was going to be great. So, yeah, it's, I think the the findings just, I think just hammer home, just like, it's, I just don't think it's, I just don't think it's worth it. Well, yeah, that's kind of, that's my take on it as well. So, okay, you can get that number, you can bump that number up from 89% to 97%. Mm. Like, very good, but is that worth it? Yeah, you know, exactly. again, like, you know, For all the delays, all the stoppages, is that worth it for 8% better results? Some people will say, yeah, Crawford Allen, Curry thinks, yeah. I disagree. You know, yeah. um, you know, again, the, 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 the thing, though, about that little clip that was doing the rounds that frustrated me was more the fact that when at one point he was speaking about it, he's like, "Oh yes, yeah, so it's gone up. You know, we're getting now we're getting ninety-seven percent right. You know, so why would anyone have any problem with that?" And it's like, that's just 
that's incredibly disingenuous. You know, yes. it's like, no, no, no one's against it because it doesn't. It gets more decisions, right? That's not why people are against it. They're against it because of the interruption of play, the experience of the match going fan, and to just pretend that anyone who's got those kind of grievances is kind of like, ah, oh, well, you know, you'd have to be mad to be against that. You know, come on. So I thought that was a bit disingenuous. I didn't, I didn't like that. Um, but I will say as well, again, I'll be devil's advocate here, and I will say that referees incredibly difficult job. Don't know why any, particularly in Scotland, don't know why anyone would do it. So it's for, you know, for, any, for all the referees out there that are doing a good job, and thank you. Um, but yeah, get far in the bin, get rid of it. Yeah, I, I, I just feel I, I, I think I am now reached some um, uh, point where like I'm mature enough just to accept decisions and just go right. You know, bad decisions happen. Um, I mean, when I was younger, for example, uh, you might not remember, but 2005 when Kiriakos won, I think it was Kiriakos won a penalty at Tynecastle when uh, Mikalainas barged into the, the, the linesman. You just like, you just you remember, just like coming away from the match, just absolutely raging, raging. And there'll be occasions when that still happens if it wasn't uh, wasn't VAR. But I just think with VAR, there it's just putting more pressure on on referees, and it's making people even more frustrated and angry with referees and you just wonder if there maybe if they take away VAR then maybe I think this is a lot to ask that fans as a whole would be more appreciative or respectful to, to referees I don't think that's going to be the case because it requires no. everyone to kind of grow up uh, I'm talking about no, that'll uh, never happen us that'll as fans yeah I know us as fans pundits players uh, journalists managers etc etc it's a lot to a lot to ask but yeah it's just it's just frustrating and like you I think you nailed on the head with the, the worst part of that uh, clip about Crawford Allen was just that they just it just seems with himself and the SFA and the clubs they just have never looked at it from a fan's point of view. Well, they've never asked the fans about it. Yeah, exactly. Like I think, I think when they first voted to me, I think Motherwell did, didn't they? Yeah, uh, so they, Motherwell, they, Motherwell reached out and um, a, a prominent a prominent club which are fan owned, <coughs> Hartford Lovian <coughs> Football Club, didn't, which yeah. frustrates me. Uh, especially that uh, really frustrates me that the, the, the club the club did it. But yeah, like I said, it was Motherwell that only did it. Martin voted against uh, vo- voted against it, but I don't actually think they reached out to the fans. Uh, so yeah, it's um, it, it's, it's incredibly incredibly frustrating. Yeah, get rid of it. Now, what isn't frustrating is uh, this next bit of news, and uh, we be I think we released on social media later on uh, tonight when I get my head out of my bottom. But I can confirm that we now have an app for Hearts Standard. You can download it from Google Google Store and the App Store on Apple. And yeah, it's really pleased with it. I think it's really really good, and it's uh, much. It's very user friendly, and just reading. Or looking at it, it just makes articles. It just makes it easier to read and easier to follow. And uh, I think the the people behind it have done an, an absolute cracking job. And I think it will hopefully take it to the um, your enjoyment of the uh, heart stand of heart standard to another level, especially if you enjoy reading on your phone, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Yeah, exactly. Just it's that way of we know that. Um, if people are coming to the website, you know, need to put up your phone, put up, you know, put up the browser, type in a name. Oh, it doesn't sound like much, but you know, it's just you know, now you just put up your phone, and just click the button. There you go, you're there. And then you'll, you'll get everything there again. I was playing about it as well. Yeah, it's looking great, really simple to use, really. Um, and yeah, I'm just yeah, big fan of it. Big fan of it. Yeah, looking forward to seeing people using it. And I think the so you see the I'm just trying to get up an article where we've got 
like Statsbomb uh, data, and it's mm. uh, it's cl- it's clearer. So if you're looking, if you're on your phone, uh, if you're reading on just uh, a, a browser website um, or on the la- uh, on the laptop, I think it's just it's a lot easier to make sense of like the graphics, the the numbers and stuff like that. So yeah, it's really really pleased with it, and be sure to just yeah. If you subscribed, you'll just need to download it and log in. If you have not subscribed yet but are, are, are taken by the app, then subscribe via the website and then download the app and uh, get it on your phone. And, yeah, it uh, hopefully makes your enjoyment of Heart Standard even better. Now, we'll leave it there. Thank you very much, James. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. Uh, continue to read, uh, write, uh, subscribe, and uh, enjoy our output. Uh, we'll be back maybe after the game tomorrow for a quick 10-minute video. If not that, then Monday to review the win over Motherwell. Oh, <laughs> uh, the game over Motherwell. I've just, I've just said, I've just jinxed it there, mm-hmm. saying uh, the, the win over Motherwell. The hopefully, hopefully the three points over Motherwell to look back on. Um, so, yes, stop talking. Stop talking now. Goodbye. Bye-bye.